The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and assalamu alaikum. A very hearty salams to all our listeners, um, new and old, this morning. It is 10 o'clock exactly, Monday, 20th of May, and it's a third Monday into Ramadan, mashallah. It's going by very quickly, folks. It really is. Um, how are you all uh, bearing up? I uh, would love to find out how you are this morning. Are you listening to me whilst you're traveling to work maybe or at home um would be great to find out where our wonderful listeners are tuning in from now we are going live and direct across luton surrounding areas and always across to the wonderful airwaves um of uh, salam radio in peterborough and link fm in sheffield um, massive big salams to all our listeners across peterborough and sheffield this morning now goodness me We've been very busy across the radio station, especially Inspire FM. Um, Friday was the big iftar and it was part of a national event where I think 17 to 18 radio stations came together and hosted um, uh, iftars for their local communities. And we're going to be speaking to Brother Tarek later on about how that event went. It'd be wonderful if Brother Fessel is listening in. The guy behind this awesome um, idea if he kind of maybe WhatsApps uh, us in that was a bit of a mouthful to tell us what it was like in Sheffield um, organising this open iftar, inviting the local uh, communities across the countries to come to the centre of their towns or venues and and open breakfast with their neighbours. Beautiful event and what's really absolutely awesome these initiatives are not slowing down. Every single day, I am seeing a wonderful iftar organised by so many different community groups. Um, such a beautiful thing to see. And um, we're going to be talking about a very interesting open iftar uh, that is going going to be hosted um, at the end of the week as well, inshallah. And this is a an iftar with a bit of a difference. It's all about ethical and being green. So we'll be joined by uh, my guest very, very shortly. Her name is Sarah Muhammad, mashallah, who is a community activist and um, she's going to be talking about her work with the Rabani projects and especially about the green the ethical iftar that she is supporting now she's somebody who's passionate about community activism and we'll be finding out a little bit more about her work in the community as well um, it doesn't stop there conversations are also going to be had with uh, the very awesome halal food blogger Lily Khan. Now Lily is going to be talking to us not just about halal food blogging but also uh, her role as a teacher as well. We're going to hopefully get some revision tips from her. Now I understand the exams have started. Well they have in my household. Um, massive big duas to all the children who are sitting their exams. Um, be and The GCSEs and A-levels have started and duas to the parents as well. Trying to keep it together and keeping them motivated, the children motivated as well, mashallah. So I'm be looking forward to finding out what uh, Lily is going to be suggesting. Now, Lily is part of a very interesting event. It's a, a, a come dine with me iftar with Islam charity where 
bloggers are coming together and doing Insta lives of their their iftars with community. So that's another interesting take on um, breaking the fast with local communities, but being a social influencer in doing so. I'm also joined by a very, very talented poet who's also a academic and she is an author of a book too. Her name is Eleanor and she's going to be joining me performing a live um, piece uh, on the show very, very shortly as well. And it doesn't end there, guys. You know what? We're also about what's going to be happening after Ramadan when all the celebrations all continue. And that is um, the M Kayak Eid Festival happening in Milton Keynes. It's the 11th year that the festival has been hosted by no other than the absolutely fabulous brother Anwar Qasim. Now he's joining me back in the studio. Inshallah, every year I've I've had the pleasure of brother Anwar joining me across Ramadan, talking to me about his amazing festival and um, the conversations are still con- are still being had. 11 years on regarding the Milton Keynes Art in the Park Festival. So it's called Art by the Lake, it seems, um, at Campbell Park. So we'll be finding out what you can expect at the M. Kayak Festival, inshallah. Now, as always, this show is all about um, celebrating the creative journeys uh, of each of our Yes, mashallah. And we're also going to be finding out about their Ramadan goals as well. What are they hoping to achieve across Ramadan? What differences are they hoping to make within themselves and within the communities that they're part of too, which um, I'm really looking forward to hearing because I always love finding out about the experiences and journeys that um, all our brothers and sisters have across Ramadan because it's not something... um, you know, uh, I've just completely lost my trail of thought, people. <laughs> I've lost my trail of thought. Um, and I, it's, you know, a fantabulous, it's a fantabulous opportunity to hear the spiritual journey of um, our guests. And I use the term fantabulous because my talking point or my conversation today on the show that I'm going to also have with my guests is, do you have a favourite word? Is there a word that you love using? I love using fantabulous. What about you? Is there a word that you love using? Um, Do tell us. Would love to find out. Um, Is there a word that you repeat often and sometimes don't even notice saying it? I tend to say sparkly. That's my word. I always say sparkly, sparkly salams. You know, um, you know, I'm sending you sparkly thawars. That's also something that I love to um, say. So do you have a favourite word? Um, is there a word that you're using quite often across Ramadan? Now to do so, contact us on 0777 9481822. Um, would love to hear what you your, your favourite word as well. And it's also National Walk to School Week today. Yes, it is, people. So maybe that could be your Ramadan goal this week. You could be walking to school with your children. Now, we do um, understand that um, we're so dependent on driving everywhere, even the shortest distances. Um, And uh, maybe this could be one way of um, reducing like pollution in your household because the carbon footprint is quite, uh, quite 
intense, actually. Um, I'm going to find out a little bit more about ethical issues with my next guest this morning. She is a community activist, mashallah, who's really making her mark across the communities in London. And her passion for ethical issues has been really inspired by the Rabani project where she was at a retreat. This has led to her participating in hosting a Green Dean Ethical Iftar with the Rabani Project and Rumi's Cave. Now I have absolute pleasure in inviting the wonderful Sarah Muhammad on the show this morning. Assalamu alaikum. How are you my dear? I'm good, how are you? I'm very, very well. Ramadan Mubarak. Ramadan Mubarak to me and to everyone Mashallah. So how has it been for you so far? Alhamdulillah, it's been good. It's been good. It's halfway, halfway gone. Crazy. It has. Oh my goodness. Three, three Mondays in already. Mashallah, mashallah. Now, Sarah, it's an absolute pleasure having you joining us on the show today, especially as one key thing that we try and instigate on the Ramadan specials on the Urban Cube is trying to get people to think a little bit more greener. Um, and that's something that you're definitely inspiring. We've had a lot of open iftars happening across the, the country. And I mean, it's an absolute pleasure to share those projects. Um, all those iftars but there's something quite interesting quite special about the one that you're hosting yeah yeah super exciting tell us a little bit more so inshallah on saturday um we will be having a green bean ethical iftar um inshallah our turn and we are really hoping and it's really difficult and this is part of the reason why we're doing this to have a zero waste um iftar it will be a vegan vegetarian iftar um as much as possible, we will be producing food that is cooked with seasonal ingredients, uh, locally sourced ingredients, um, and hopefully creating a space for uh, community, for conversation around this, and rooting this in our uh, connection to Allah and connection to Allah through nature and our responsibility to nature as um, worshippers of Allah. SubhanAllah. And you know, the wonderful thing is you mentioned seasonal vegetables. What, what are seasonal vegetables that are going to be cooked at this iftar? So we are, ooh, this is, ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a bit of the menu. How excited. Um, we're going to have nettle soup. I know, we're going to have nettle soup, inshallah, which is super easy to cultivate, um, super easy to kind of forage and make, inshallah. Um, we will be having other vegetable soups that are local, like seasonal. Um Things like peas are in season at the moment, um, asparagus, hopefully in like spinach, spinach is in season, that's going to, uh, rhubarb, strawberries, um, there's lots actually coming at the moment, it's a really exciting time, really exciting time, I love May and June. And you know you mentioned foraging, what is foraging? Oh, it's sort of, you can go and, so it's really important when you go foraging, um, that you are respectful of what um, is there and not taking too much. But essentially, there's stuff that we can eat everywhere, um, as long as you know, like, know what you're looking for. Um, but, like, for example, wild garlic. Um, if you look around trees and you look around woodlands, you'll probably find quite a lot of it. If people have gardens, um, I have a garden, and I have quite a lot of wild garlic that just grows naturally. And it's exactly like garlic, mm-hmm. um, but you can just use it and cultivate that and just take it and chop it up put it in your cooking. And... Nettles. You mentioned nettles. Now, that sounds a little bit um, painful to eat. Yeah, it won't be painful to eat. <laughs> <laughs> but 
that nettle soup is uh, something that's quite common and quite popular. Um, I've heard it mentioned before by what a previous guest. Tell us a little bit about nettle soup. What, what, I mean, how is that created? be honest i have no idea that's why you have to come to the iftar i like the way you've done that i really do now i actually have no idea oh bless you but it's part of the menu so this menu that you've created is all about zero waste you're using vegan and vegetarian uh um, food that is seasonal ingredients that are locally sourced and possibly even um forage from local gardens and um uh, areas as well, mashallah. What is it about this event, Sarah, that is so important for local communities and for people to attend? Why do you think we should be attending this type of iftar? What is this paving the way for? I think there's there's two things to that. I think one, um, Ramadan is a beautiful opportunity to share and to reconnect to the community to share food. And I think any opportunity to do that, we have a responsibility that our iftars are zero waste, that they are accessible that they are inclusive and that we are responsible and intentional with what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think it provides, hopefully, inshallah, an opportunity for conversation, um, for conversation to reconnect to nature. Um, we all live in really, really busy cities, and mm-hmm. cities are almost designed to disconnect us from our connection to nature, our connection to Allah, our, um, our kind of what we need, you know, like the spiritual kind of gains that we get from being mm-hmm. in nature. We don't get that as much. And when we're able to come together and have a conversation, we're able to sort of inspire each other to um, to connect, to communicate our own experiences, to reconnect to the divine kind of beauty, the, the essence of it all. Um, and I think it kind of provides an opportunity for that, an opportunity for community. Um, there are going to, inshallah, at the event, there's going to be some people uh, giving talks and providing really practical tips and things that we can do. Uh, and also... There are people doing incredible things and they come to the event too and it's really inspiring to hear what they're doing and kind of creating almost like a little movement Mm. with people who are interested, who are curious, who are super actively engaged already um, and just sharing in that. SubhanAllah, it does sound seriously exciting. And I love the fact that, you know, creating a movement and this movement that you're creating is all about zero waste. Zero waste is what you're trying to um, create a platform for, inshallah. Um, And how are people responding, especially from the Muslim community, about zero waste across Ramadan? Are you guys the only organization, um, Rabani Project, that are promoting this? Are you seeing a change across? Across um, masjids and iftaris across the country. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we're definitely not the only people. Um, I think even from like last year's uh, iftar, the amount of people that came, alhamdulillah, that were excited by it, the amount of people that were engaging in a conversation, and I think the amount of people that are interested in the event this year just shows how how much people are eager for this. But um, it's been wicked. There's been like loads of mosques I've seen that have uh, replaced. Um, plastic water bottles with like water fountains or have been handing out reusable water bottles uh the mosques have not been using any plastic there's also a super cool campaign on facebook called plastic free ramadan you can check out which provides really cool tips uh, and tricks for for having a plastic free ramadan and hopefully inshallah zero waste ramadan zero waste ramadan and may it continue not just only for Ramadan, but beyond as well. Now, the Rabani Project is is the hosts for this event. Tell us a little bit about the Rabani Project and how you've got involved. Uh, cool. So the Rabani Project is essentially a collective of projects that um, provide a space to connect spiritually and creatively 
to Allah and to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu um, For me, I think the Rabani project has has and continues to provide sort of places of disconnection in order for reconnection. Like I said, life's busy. Like London's a busy place. Even mm. if you're not busy, you're just busy because you're in London. It's just everything's busy. Everything's a distraction. Um, and I find that it's quite a a grounding space in which we connect, kind of seeking, connecting, and communicating with with Allah, with divine beauty, people sharing their own um, experiences, their own um, their own journey, their own connection through different platforms. It's pretty holistic in that it it's rooted in kind of what we're currently living in. The fact that like the Green Bean is looking at um, as plastic free Ramadan, we're looking at um, kind of the understanding of us as stewards, but it's also very much rooted in our, our purpose and the oneness of Allah and connecting to that. Has being part of the Rabani project helped you kind of change your mindset and the way you see yourself as a Muslim and, and the environment around you? Yeah, I think so. I think the retreats have provided me um, an opportunity to disconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to keep saying the word disconnect, but it really has. Um, disconnect in order to reconnect to to my my own personal mm. essence, my own purpose. Um, that it's created a really beautiful community, uh, and we have access to so many people that come and share so much of themselves. And you're able to gain from the benefit of, of just being in the company of that, being in the way that you observe the world, the, mm. the support and the solidarity, the net, the networks that you can have, the kind of tree networks as well. Wow. And these networks are those that are going to be hopefully, inshallah, at this very exciting Green Dean Iftari, which is all about being ethical. Now, Sarah, um, do tell us when this is being hosted and how people can get involved and come down. So it is being hosted at Rumi's Cave, inshallah, which is northwest London, um, on the 25th of May, which is this Saturday. We're going to be starting around 7.30, mm-hmm. um, where we will be having talks, uh, like I said, and an opportunity to come and meet, chat with people, and then we will be sharing our iftar with you all. Mashallah. And check out the Facebook page for the Rabani Project, the Instagram page for the Rabani Project, and the Eventbrite, which is how you need to sign up. Cool, cool. Now, it's zero waste is the key message here, Um, not only just being ethical and um, it's all about sustainability as well, mashallah. Now, are you expecting your um, guests to bring their own cutlery? Because I remember this last year that you invited everybody to bring their own cups and plates. We are, yes. So if you can, please bring... Tupperware, cutlery, um, maybe a plate, whatever's easy for you to carry, mm-hmm. a reusable water bottle. That's the best way that we can ensure that the um, event is zero waste. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also will be eating together. So we'll be sharing some plates, from large plates. Okay. Um, it's bringing back the idea of community, of sharing over a, a large plate of food. A platter, sharing from a platter, which was very, it's, it's a very traditional form of, of eating. And, and it's beautiful that um, communities are coming back in order to do that. And it saves on washing as well. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely does. Now, Sarah, this is a project that you really have got your heart um, and soul connected to. But what else do you do apart from um, supporting the work of the Rabani Project? Now, I understand you're a community activist and education and issues concerning um 
uh, women uh, and girls um, are another area that you're uh, passionate about. So what is your role beyond Rabani? Um, so I um, essentially facilitate workshops mm-hmm. um, and sessions for different people, for organisations that want to make sure that their work is inclusive mm-hmm. and hopefully diverse and representative. Um, but also going further than that, how can we make our spaces comfortable for everybody, recognising that there are differences mm-hmm. currently in the world. Um, predominantly the work I do is with young women, mm-hmm. um, partly because I just think they're incredible and I learn so much from them and they have so much to offer. And we sort of look at what's going on in the world and what they can do to change that, but also really recognising their own power and their own courage mm-hmm. in doing so. Now, the interfaith work is uh, something that you're, you've just mentioned, um, provi- um, connecting with communities. How, how can change be created? Um, what change would you like to see? Because you've talked about inclusive, safe spaces for young women and girls to make them feel empowered. Um, are we seeing these spaces being created? Do we need more? We always need more. Um, we always need more. We always need spaces where we recognise our own power, where we celebrate each other, where we connect, um, where we can encourage each other to thrive. And, um, yeah, I think there are more spaces happening, and I think that's a good thing. I think that's a really good thing. Inshallah, may that continue. Now, folks, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Urban Queue with me, Shamiza, taking it all the way up to 12 o'clock. And it is at 10 at 21, Monday, 20th of May. And I'm delighted to introduce my first guest, Sarah Mohammed, who has joined us all the way from London this morning. She is a part of the Rabani Project, and she's been talking about how we can make our, our Ramadan hashtag zero waste free and in order to do that um, they have hosted or they're hosting a very interesting iftari which is green green dean ethical iftari with the Rabani project um, at Rumi's cave mashallah and the whole purpose is to kind of make us more aware of an alternative way of living a living that inshallah is um really respecting the environment um, and making us spiritually conscious about our actions and the environment around us, mashallah. Um, It's an absolute pleasure having uh, Sarah join us this morning, inshallah, to talk about this project. Sarah, I'm sure lots of people are curious to find out a little bit more about this project and also this uh, iftari. Is it open to anybody and everybody? Do you have to be Muslim to, to attend? No, absolutely not. It's open to absolutely everyone. Bring everyone and anyone. Everyone come. But uh, sign up on the link. Yeah, sign up on the It does help if you do that. So, Sarah, tell us, how yeah. can folks sign up to the link? Uh, Eventbrite. We have an Eventbrite page. Um, sign up. You can book your tickets there. And, yeah, come and bring your cutlery and your water bottle and Tupperware or plate. And yourself as well. That would be very great. Yeah. Great to do so. Yeah. Now, um, on today's show, folks, we're also asking, do you have a favourite word? Is there a word that you use that you don't even know that you use it, but you use it all the time? Now, I know you use a particular word, Sarah, which makes me giggle. And I think it's really, really cool. But I'm going to ask you, do you have a favourite word, Sarah? What's my favourite word? It's not your favourite word, but I've heard you use it. It makes me laugh. <laughs> which word is this? <laughs> Wicked. Wicked, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, I do use that a lot. And I get mad a lot. I'm like, oh, mad, mad. I mean, mad. 
Um, it's not, but yeah. It's like, it's, it's proper 90s, but it's wicked. Is there, <laughs> what makes you use that word? Well, how does, does that word enable you to emphasize a point in, in, <laughs> is that why you use it? Yeah, I think so. I think it just summarizes everything. It's like, cool, we've established that. Wicked. <laughs> We're never too oh, well, old to use words like that, right? <laughs> Any other words that um, you use? Mad. Everything is it's mad. It's mad. Wow. Oh, wild. Mad, wild. Oh, oh, you're totally rocking it, girl. You are totally rocking it. <laughs> um, I need to work on my vocabulary. Oh, bless you, bless you. But hey, we can help you with that. The word we want to use throughout Ramadan is zero waste. What are you saying, girl? Yes, yes. Hashtag zero waste. Hashtag zero waste. It's mad. It totally is. It's revolutionary. And this is what we're doing. We are totally making sure this works, inshallah. Now, uh, folks, tuning in. It's a mad show. It's wicked. It is the Urban Cube. Um, Ramadan Mubarak to everybody tuning in. Um, I'm not going crazy. I'm just elated with the conversation I'm having with my absolutely fantastic guest this morning, Sarah Mohammed, who is somebody who is really making a mark in the... Um, environmental ethical issues across Ramadan with this fantastic open iftar. Now we are going to a break. Sarah, before we go, I just want to ask you quickly, Ramadan goals. Mm. Um, Mindfulness and awareness of myself, uh, an awareness of what I consume, uh, how much I consume, what I'm giving my energy and time to, and including that is my awareness of how much plastic I, I take in everything I use. And how much everything comes in plastic. Mashallah, mashallah, mindfulness, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Thank you for uh, speaking to us this morning and wishing you a beautiful Ramadan. Thank you. And come to the star. Inshallah, inshallah. I'll bring Luton down. All right, my dear, thank you so very much. Have a wicked day. Thank you. Assalamualaikum. <laughs> we're heading off to a break. Join me after the break where I'm joined by another fantastic guest and we're going to be having more conversations around Ramadan goals. Assalamualaikum. Inspire FM on 105.1 FM. Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Assalamu alaikum and a good morning. It's 10.30, Monday 20th of May, and you're listening to Shamiza taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock on where else? It's the Urban Cube on Inspire FM. Hope you've had a fantastic weekend and a great start to the week. It's Monday, people, the third Monday into Ramadan. Mashallah, where has the time gone? I, I'm praying that you're having a beautiful, blessed month and all your du'as and good deeds are being recognized and rewarded inshallah by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and baraka in everything that you do now um, on the show this morning I had the pleasure of speaking to the very fantastic Sarah Muhammad who talked to us about having a hashtag zero waste free Ramadan with an amazing iftar that's happening um, which is all about being green it's an ethical iftar by the Rabani Project and Rumi's Cave. Now, all 
crossed last week and the previous two weeks, what I've been seeing is amazing iftaris happening across the country. And it's not stopping. I love the creativity and the energy people are, are utilizing, bringing folk together to um, break the fast with their communities. And what my next guest is somebody else who's using her social influence to make a difference in many people's lives. She is a what very talented uh, photographer. She's also a food blogger who is known by the name of... Um, I'm going to ask her to tell her myself, actually. Um, uh, and uh, she is working as a teacher as well. So she's actually taking her time out to speak to me. So I'm really, really excited to find out a little bit more about herself. And um, also, she's part of something called Come, Come Iftar With Me, a dining experience to fundraise for Salam charity. I'm speaking about no other than the very awesome Lily Khan. Assalamu alaikum, Lily. My question, how are you? I'm so very well. Even better hearing your voice this morning. Now, it sounds a little bit echoey, so I'm assuming you're... Are you in a classroom? Yes, I am. <laughs> it's a revision time for many students at the moment, and I understand you're a, you teach GCSEs. So, my goodness, how are your students coping so far? Oh, they're nervous right right now. They're just really struggling with the stress of the exams. And I think that seems to me uh, the main focus right now in terms of how to get them to overcome it because they're very talented. They know exactly what they're doing. They're definitely prepared to do the exams. And it's just them, um, you know, the challenges of stress really that they need to face right now. Alhamdulillah. And may they, um, may Allah give them the ease and the stamina to get through this, especially because it's Ramadan too. And a lot of, are you finding that a lot of your students are actually uh, fasting? They are fasting. I mean, we've tried to speak to them about it because, um, you know, they're uh, dedicated, they're going to fast and they're going to do their exams. So, mashallah, that's really good for them. Um, but I, I completely empathize because I didn't need to fast when I was doing my GCSEs and I was struggling then. So. <laughs> Bless. We had it easy back in the day. Goodness me, yeah, we really had it we easy. Spoke that. I mean, this might give my age away, but I remember when I was fasting, by the time I came back from school, it was the time. So I didn't even feel like I fasted, just met, uh, felt like I missed school lunches and that was it. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Mashallah. Now, you're a very busy lady. Um, um, dedicating your time not just in the teaching profession but also um, being a social influencer your passion for halal food blogging has got you really recognized and even so much so that you're using combining that to use um, your influence to to support a charity like Salam Charity now come iftar with me is a project that you're getting involved with tell us a little bit about that yeah, sure. So Zidane Qureshi, who is um, the head of the campaign, he approached me in the beginning of Ramadan and he said that, you know, if I'd like to uh, be involved in this. And it sounded really interesting to me. It's nothing like I've heard of before, this idea of come iftar with me. So I said, okay, tell me a bit more about it. And he said, it's this idea that, you know, people host their families anyway, they cook and, you know, it's a time when everyone comes together for iftar. And wouldn't it be great if you actually did it where you did this iftar for them, but then, you know, you ask for a bit of contribution or zakat or Salaka that can go towards um, the, the campaign which is essentially going to be sending food packages to Pakistan, Yemen, Bangladesh um, and Syria and I thought it was fantastic because mm. at the time when you're eating you're so grateful for the food you have in front of you and you can't help but automatically think of all the people who are not guaranteed an iftar after a long day of fasting and it really hit home with me and I said I'd definitely like to get involved and I love hosting and I love uh, feeding my family and friends and I thought this this is a perfect combination of both those things. 
Mashallah. Now, you, you're somebody, you talked about hosting and feeding your family mm-hmm. and friends, and um, which yes. really relates to your, the work that you do. And that is your passion. Of, and it's called Food Foodography London, where your passion for photography and food and combining it together. How's that yeah. been? How's the journey been? I started it five years ago um, when I thought, you know, I eat out so much and I like capturing things. I think back then people used to think it's weird when you mm. just, uh, bring out your phone and start taking pictures of food. But I, I love the fact that, you know, someone has cooked, cooked something so passionately and presented it so beautifully. And, you know, that's always intrigued me. So I used to always capture things. And then I thought Instagram seemed like the right platform to be able to, um, you know, use that base as a hobby and, um, you know, upload my photos and share stuff. And once I started doing that, I started getting a lot of people approaching me asking, oh you know that looks great but is that a halal or do you know mm. if it, oh you're having steak like is there a halal steak and so on so I realized obviously you know um, a lot of Muslim people there, there wasn't at the time five mm-hmm. six years ago um, a lot of awareness of which restaurants are halal and which, which isn't and I thought you know I can double this I can carry on doing what I'm doing as a hobby but then also really make it a niche and think about just halal food and so on and I started from there and uh, five years later I'm still doing it <laughs> the food's not running out it seems no <laughs> In fact, the market is getting so much bigger because wow. I think um, even now when you think about Michelin-star restaurants, mm. like a lot of them will cater for halal and people are too either, you know, people aren't aware or they don't ask and so on. And I'm always encouraging people, you should always ask restaurants because mm-hmm. sometimes they can get the meat in 72 hours before um, or there are some restaurants where they're not, they don't publicize themselves as halal, but they do have halal chicken. And, I, you know, I've taken it upon myself to try and find as many places as possible and then obviously put them on my blog and my Instagram page so people are aware of it. Can I ask, whilst you're mm-hmm. blogging and taking all these images of food, do you actually eat the food? I do. I can't do this if I don't love food. In fact, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm a bit too greedy because, you know, I might sometimes, um, I run out of people to go with. I go with my friends and then I go with my family and then I go with my husband and then I want to do it all over again. And they're like, but we ate out so much last week. And I was like, you, you know, you can't have, yeah, having, going to all these nice places and so on. But no, I do love food and I do eat a lot. I think the only negative thing about being a food blogger when you love food is, um, Sometimes you think it's a little bit cold, like you can't eat it straight away. Of course, because <laughs> you're photographing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, sometimes you have to slap a few hands out of the way if they've oh. been waiting a while and they want to eat. But I think by now people uh, know these quirks and, uh, of my blogging, so they understand what they need to do if they're going to be dining with me. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, what I don't understand is why are all food bloggers like stick thin? Uh, you haven't seen me, so you're making an assumption there. But um, no, I have to say I, I, I am thin in terms of when people see me and they do say that. I'm not really sure. I think I walk it off a lot, probably from my one restaurant to the other. Uh-huh. And then back home, I'm walking a lot. But no, to be uh-huh. honest, I'm, um, I can't speak for everyone else, but I do know that um, I'm very active. I work full time as a teacher. I have two children. Mashallah. I do the food blogging. Um, I've got you know my fingers in a lot of pies basically so um it's keeping very busy and i think that lifestyle means that i'm not putting on weight or you know um showing how much i'm eating i guess now today is actually national walk to school day um i don't know if you're aware of that now um you've talked about walking you've talked about your children and you're in the education sector do you think you'll be doing this across this week 
Um, I walk to work. I don't <gasps> like the idea of using a car. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm very fortunate that I'm close enough to work, mm-hmm. so I don't have to rely on public transport either. And my daughter, the school that she goes to, they very much reinforce the idea of walking to school and so on because they have a lot of parents who, you know, drop their kids off and they don't get that time to walk. So I think they take an hour out during the lunchtime and they walk a mile or something. And I think that's fantastic because uh, my daughter will come home and she'll be like, oh, mommy, you know, it was really fun. Like, we got to walk and so on. But a lot of the children got very tired because they said they're not used to walking. Oh. And I thought, but this is what the initiative is for, so that children do find somewhere within, you know, um, the time in school um, that they are walking and, you know, having that sort of exercise. So I'm very pro-walking. I walk everywhere. In fact, people laugh at how fast I walk sometimes because <laughs> I don't realize I'm always zipping around everywhere. So. <laughs> and uh, you know what? You're, you are fast, doing so many wonderful things, Marshall. And I just want to tell everybody that's just tuned in. I was speaking to no other than Lily Khan, who is a full-time teacher, mashallah, as well as a part-time halal food blogger. And um, and your food blog is called, what is it called, Lily? Because I can't pronounce it correctly. So, yeah, it, it sounds quite long-winded, but actually it's just Foodography London. So it's food and then it's got O, I mean, ography, as in uh, photography, and then LDN, because I wanted my, uh, my followers to know that I'm very much uh, born and raised a Londoner, so all my food blogging is to do with London. Because I think sometimes when you see a restaurant, you think, oh, this mm. looks amazing, where is it? And then someone's like, it's in Birmingham or Manchester, and you're like, I can't go there. So, you know, this is my way of saying, no, it's just London. You'll definitely be able to find these places if you're a Londoner. Or if you're coming um, from abroad, I get a lot of um, followers who say, oh I'm going to come down to London for a week can you mm-hmm. suggest some places I've seen some of the lovely things on your page and so on so yeah it's a abbreviation of, uh, I mean it's an amalgamation of food and photography so foodography London and I love that word foodography it's a new <laughs> word for me and this kind of links very nicely to a topic that we're talking about on today's show getting our guests and our listeners involved do you have a favorite word people a word that you use continuously that you don't even know that you're using but it is it kind of reflects your personality do you have a favorite word as an English Ooh. teacher? Oh god, Lily. no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like, to be honest, I like words that sound quite poetic or okay. sort of rolls off the tongue, so precocious is one that Ooh, I like. nice, precocious. It's like, it's like if you refer to them as quite precocious, so yeah, as opposed to petulant, I don't think they like that one. <laughs> oh, precocious and petulant. Oh, I'm loving yeah. this. These are nice <laughs> words. Now you do sound like an English teacher. Um, Lily, is there any advice you could give to parents listening in or to, to students who will be catching the show at the repeat, inshallah, later on today at eight? Um, is this to do with exams yes. or food? <laughs> yes. Exams. I think with exams, um, the students need to know that although it's a very intensive exam that they're sitting, they're probably sitting longer hours than, it, than before in previous years and so on, they need to have full faith that their teachers have done everything to get them to the point where they're ready for the exam. They're not alone in this and that they've got this. They know all the, they know all the content. It's just a case of breaking it down, uh, taking it easy and just revising sort of short and snappy. So just keeping things fresh in your mind but not overloading themselves with extra work by now and definitely not stressing out because that's going to sort of detract from all the good stuff that they um, already know, basically. Mashallah, mashallah. Um, and great advice from Lily Khan, who is a uh, teacher of English, mashallah, on the show this morning. Now, Lily, Lily coming back to food, um, what's mm-hmm. your perfect iftari and what can we expect from the Come Iftari With Me dining experience that you're fundraising for Salam Charity? How can we connect? Uh, my personal is uh, I'm from Bengali, uh, I'm Bengali descent, so I we have to have kisari, or I think how some pronounce 
people pronounce kitchi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the perfect staple diet. And I feel like with iftar, sometimes, you know, it can be quite extravagant. And, you know, we try and consume basically our body weight because we've not eaten all day. So I try and keep things quite sort of humble and sort of just things that are quite good for the body. So I like kitchi. And then, like, we have, like, food. Um, and so on but again because um, really, we love our fried food so somehow that just seems to come in the samosas and the somewhere sneaks in besides. yeah I think it's just laid out on the table so you don't feel like you know you're you know, uh, so you're catering to everyone but then you end up you know helping yourself don't you so uh, that's my sort of normal staple diet but I think with my family coming I'm going to do it for them they love the Turkish food they love meat mm. or carnivores so I'm going to try and do cold and hot mezes and a sort of lots of um yeah turkish uh, uh, food in terms of lots of uh, meat based and rice and everything so yeah wow and can we expect what can we expect the come iftar with me um dining experience fundraising for salam charity um, well, we had an event um, on Saturday this mm-hmm. weekend, and this is where all the fundraisers were able to finally meet because we'd all been sort of conversing over WhatsApp as a group and, uh, you know, encouraging each other in terms of how we can raise more money and then the upcoming event for the story and so on. So it was really nice where it was a community field where we all got together and we got to share uh, all our great experiences and so on. But also the event itself, because it was an story, um, I've been to so many different sort of food food events and it's usually you know you go to a restaurant and you eat you meet and greet and then you go home and I felt like this one um, it's not, this one was very memorable because we all got together all the bloggers we made the food together we uh, prayed together we sat together in this uh, beautiful tent in St. Ethelburgers I saw the picture is beautiful did you see it yes I'm <gasps> really fact, nice I'm gonna, I think all my pictures have expired from the story. so what I'll do is I'll put it up on the highlights if anyone wants to follow what happened on the event uh, St. Ethelburgers is a church but in the back they've got this beautiful garden and a tent for a multi-faith um, as a multi-faith venue and I thought that in itself was quite a nice idea um, so we all sat in a, sat on the uh, sat inside the tent and we all ate together and so on and then we talked about how much we've raised but also how we can continue pushing the fundraising further because we haven't finished yet we've just met halfway to mm-hmm. talk about what we can do um, but we were really proud to say that we've raised over four and a half thousand pounds um, and this is just a handful of bloggers that have just been promoting this and you know sending the fundraising page everywhere um and since the event because it was live streamed on i think uh, muslim mama's page on facebook as well we've raised an additional thousand pounds so i think Ooh, right now, i saw that yeah, i yeah, follow the page oh fantastic so yeah so i think for us right now it's just to keep raising as much awareness as possible and then you know people having their heart to donate then the link is also in my bio and also the salam charity page uh, then please give as much as you can um another fantastic thing i liked about the event was um, if brought down all the food um, that is given as you know when we talk about the food packages I think people are very generous and they donate but sometimes they're not fully aware of what they donated to or where mm-hmm. it's going and so like I said um, it goes to um, Yemen Syria Bangladesh Pakistan and so on um, but then the food packages for 30 pounds you can feed a whole family for a month and it's like um, everything from rice, tinned goods, essentials, um, vegetables, um, and so on. So you're actually doing a lot of good in terms of how much you're giving with that money. So. Mashallah, mashallah, sounds absolutely amazing. Good luck with the Come Iftar With Me dining experience that you're fundraising for Thank Salam you. Charity. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, Lily. I know you're yes, on a bit of a break because you're a teacher and you need to get back to class. Um, yes, and <laughs> I look forward to following you on your Insta page. And do you want to just tell listeners what the Insta page is again. 
sure it's foodography london so it's f-o-o-d-o-g-r-a-p-h-y and then l-d-n fantastic have a wonderful ramadan and good luck to all your students and inshallah may they do exceptionally well in their exams Thank you. Assalamualaikum. That was the wonderful Lily Khan talking to us about revision tips for students and the work that she's doing as part of a food blogger um, with Komiftar with me, the Dining Experience of Fundraise for Salam charity. Now, we've been talking, talking about open iftars, mashallah, but we had one that happened with Inspire FM on Friday. And I have Brother Tarek in the studio right now to tell me exactly what that had happened. But before then... We're going to go to an advert. Hafsa, Hafsa, Mummy's taking us Inspire Eid. Where? The Eid Festival at Lucy Park. I'm so excited. Me too. I couldn't wait. You're going all the rides. And I'm performing at the Kids Talent Contest. There's also a human team football. Like a really big football team. Even. And don't forget the bazaar Mum wants to go and the different food we're going to have. Mum also said all the rides and activities are one pound. So we can have as much fun as we like. This sounds like the best Eid event ever. When is it? On the 4th and 5th of June from 12 to 8pm at Lucy Park. I need to tell all my friends so we can have the biggest and best Eid ever. Yes, you heard it, folks. We have a very special event which is happening. It's the Inspire FM Eid event and those children are absolutely fantastic. I'm so excited to go. Um, Brother Tarek is in the studio right now. Brother Tarek, the Inspire FM Eid event, why should we be going to it? Assalamu alaikum listeners. Yes, indeed. It's an absolutely amazing event coming up. The Inspire FM Eid, the first time we're actually doing something of this scale. (laughs) <laughs> we have done, of course, Eid festivals many a times previously at the, uh, of course, Dunstable Downs. Uh, this time we've brought it more closer to home uh, due to, of course, a popular demand from a lot of the listeners saying they need something in Luton. And, of course, the key focus of this and to be honest, one of the, uh, the main drivers of us to make Eid affordable for everybody in Luton, inshallah. So every single person, regardless of what your uh, income is, what your family size is, everybody should be able to celebrate Eid. And this is exactly why we're going to have every single funfair ride for one pound. Wow, you heard it there, people. Can this be really true? One pound a ride? When was the last time we had rides for a pound? Yep, exactly. One pound a ride. Another only that uh, we're very fortunate in the sense as we've got a, a kids corner which we're going to have loads of small little scooters and bikes and uh, a number of about at least 10 12 different activities which are all going to be completely free so you can literally have a, a big massive kids zone where kids can just chill out relax play for hours on end uh, and at the same time in that same location we'll hopefully have a nice little uh, cafe area as well so uh, the uh, the moms and dads can just literally sit there relax have a nice cup of tea uh, while the kids play around completely for free uh, the tea won't be for free by the way uh, but of course you, you're more than welcome to bring your own cup of tea if you want uh, but of course it will be a situation where apart from that we will also have a number of other activities going on uh, which again will be completely free we've actually got a number of uh, tabletop games and stuff which have been donated to us uh, from a gentleman in St. Albans who actually makes this as a hobby and due to hearing of the cause and everything that we're doing he's, de- he's decided to donate, donate them to us for free so anything that we're getting for free anything that we're getting uh, at quite reduced 
we're hopefully passing those savings on to our community, on to our listeners, Mashallah. and trying to give them a very, very affordable Eid, inshallah. And that's what it's about, making sure that everybody gets to experience and appreciate Eid equally. Um, and this is wonderful. And I've been asking um, listeners and guests today, have you got a favourite word? Now, it seems to be you seem to have had a favourite word in just speaking to me right now, Brother Tara. What do you think that word must have been? Eid? I don't know. Free! You keep free. saying free. That's oh, your, my for, Your favourite word is free. And that's our favourite word right now, folks. Inspire Firm's Eid event is definitely an affordable event for all family. Now, I, as a, uh, I have a large family, mashallah, and sometimes taking them out to... Some of the, the festivals has been quite tricky and um, and not very affordable. So this takes a pressure off families, parents especially. Um, and it kind of, because there will be families that will kind of struggle across Eid. And you know what, we that's why I think this is a wonderful event. And have you taken that into consideration, Brother Tarek? Is that why this event is one pound? Most definitely. Ride? Most definitely, that, that, was, that was the not only is the, is the reason that's the the reason why the pounds are uh, the rides are one pound a ride. It's the only reason why the event is actually happening. Uh, there was no reason whatsoever for Inspire FM to actually uh, arrange an event such as this, due to the fact that obviously uh, if other events are taking place, and again, there's no reason for Inspire FM uh, to come in and uh, arrange another one just for the sake of arranging it. It was purely based upon community feedback, to the sense that as you have said, uh, I mean, Alhamdulillah, there's there's many families out there. Uh, there's many pe- people who do have large families and sometimes uh, there's there's sisters out there especially who are maybe single sisters looking after large families and they're in a situation where unfortunately they will have to make a choice on the day of Eid where do they take their children to celebrate the day of Eid if they're in a position where they can't afford to do so and Sister Shumaiza you'll be uh, very sad to hear there's actually families out there who uh, would would prefer to send their children to school on the day of Eid because they're thinking well they're probably going to have more fun in school rather than of course at home uh, and that's a very sad, sad state to be in. Again, uh, being part of this community and having heard these kind of things, I think it was it was only right for Inspire FM to step up and say we will uh, try our best to do something about it. And this is where we need our we need the, the support of the community to come on board, help us uh, in in promoting this, come down uh, and make this event a success in Sharjah. And also get involved from a volunteer's perspective. Every single person on that day will be a complete volunteer in helping us do this. And the only way we can actually uh, do these things where the, the rides are one pound each and the majority of the activities will have gifts everything are completely free is due to the, the whole event being done by volunteers and we really do need your help and support on this mashallah it sounds absolutely amazing with great intentions and when anything has great intentions it's always a su- success there's always barakah in it now brother that's not the only event that that we we have uh, we're looking forward to but something happened on friday it was the big open iftar tell us how that was yep Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, we had the big iftar on Friday. Absolutely amazing. Of course, uh, weather-wise, to be honest, it's, uh, we live in the UK and we can't always, of course, uh, be sure of what the weather is going to be like. And unfortunately, uh, we had a beautiful week uh, of weather all week. And come Friday, it was a little damp, raining near enough throughout. But Alhamdulillah, as soon as uh, we managed to set up just after 6 o'clock and the event opened up at 7, uh, the skies cleared up beautifully. It was a really nice evening, mashallah. And uh, I mean, there's, there was a number of people trickling in. Uh, numbers wise to be honest I, I'm not 100% sure I, I'm definitely sure there was over a thousand people there we had actually prepared food for 1500 and there wasn't any food left at the end oh wow I saw lots so, of images of people across the town exactly with the, you know you, you gave boxes away to take yeah. away as well um 
can I ask, was it actually uh, zero waste? What do you mean, zero waste? He's not been listening to the show, has he? He's not listened at all. We'll have this discussion after. Inshallah. Zero waste. Um, now, Brother Tariq, the Inspire FM Eid event, when is it happening? What day will it be? Where's the venue? Uh, Inspire Eid is taking place at... Uh, Inspire Eid is going to be taking place at Lucy Park, in Tala, Lucy Park, uh, which is just uh, off uh, Ligri of High Street, just behind the hospital. Uh, the event is going to be on the day of Eid and the next day. Uh, this is in preparation. Again, again, thinking of our community, uh, we may well have the unfortunate situation where we may have Eid split over two days. So we are hopefully, in Tala, catering for both of those situations where if Eid is split, this will be not if either split this will definitely still be a two-day event catering for our community on the day of Eid potentially the 4th of June or of course the 5th of June and the next day will be a two-day event at Lucy Park from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. and make sure you are there inshallah make sure you're there make sure you are there do my very very best <laughs> inshallah inshallah um folks we're heading off to a break and after the break i'm going to be joined by another fantastic guest on the show who's going to be talking to us about 11 years of festival creating it's the eid festival in milton Keynes, and i'm joined by no other than anwar Kasim straight after the break inshallah so don't go away Come back and catch more creative conversations on the urban queue with myself shamiza and great guests assalamu alaikum We are young, we are powerful, we are female, we We are are Muslims, we are Sisters Speak, destroying the stereotype of stigmatised Muslim women. Join us live every Tuesday from 6pm where we discuss our opinions on current events and issues we feel are important and relevant. So tune in on 105.1 FM or Facebook Live and catch our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. 11 o'clock Monday 20th of May and you're listening to the Urban Cube with me Shamiza taking you all the way up to 12 o'clock. It's the final hour of the show this morning and what a great show it's been so far. I've had the pleasure of speaking to the very fantastic teacher Lily Khan who's also a uh, blogger, a food blogger and um, she blogs around halal food across the across London. Mashallah. And her work is also um, now inspired her to get involved and use her social influence to help fundraise with a project called uh, Come Iftar With Me. It's a dining experience to fundraise for Salam Charity. Now, um, we also got to hear from Lily about revision techniques and tips for um, a lot of the youngsters that are now sitting their GCSE exams and especially something for parents as well. Now, you can catch the repeat of this conversation on uh, at 8pm on Inspire FM this evening. Now, we're also iTunes and we're Spotify as well. And the conversation is also running on the Facebook page this morning. Now, on the show, we're also asking you guys 
What's your favorite word? What is your favorite word? Now, Lily told me it was um, opulent was one of her uh, favorite words. Um, do you have a favorite word? Now, earlier on in the show, I spoke to the very fabulous Sarah Mohammed. Now, Sarah Mohammed, it works for, supports the work of Rabani Project, and she is a community activist who is working to encourage and make sure that there are spaces, um, safe spaces for young Muslim women to engage and um, spaces that help to empower them. And one space that she's been talking about was the open iftar, which was being held or is being held um, at uh, the at Rumi's Cave, which is in conjunction with the Rabani project. And this iftar, which is happening, is the purpose of it is to make us a little bit more green um, and and be conscientious about not wasting, not wasting um, plastic and zero waste as well, which seems to be a growing trend. Alhamdulillah. I hope it doesn't remain a trend. I do hope it is a progressive lifestyle that we're able to maintain continuously beyond Ramadan, inshallah. So this is the green iftar, um, which is uh, an ethical iftar help organized by the Rabani Project with Rumi's Cave. Um, this this is what the wonderful Sarah was talking to us earlier on. And we asked her her favourite word, and it was wicked and mad. They're her favourite words. Um, it's also your opportunity to tell me what your favourite word is as well. And to get involved with any of the conversations on this morning's show, then you need to contact us on 07779481822. WhatsApp me your favourite word. And we're also asking your Ramadan goals. How, what are your Ramadan goals? What have you been able to achieve? Sarah spoke about mindfulness. She wanted to embrace more mindfulness and be more conscientious about her surroundings. Mashallah. And, um, and also uh, the conversation doesn't stop there because I'm joined by another fantastic guest, a guest whose voice you're actually quite familiar with because every Ramadan I have the pleasure of speaking to this very delightful brother who's also very mindful about the way he is in his local community by embracing everybody and getting them involved but um, especially in community activism but more so in this fantastic festival that he is the founder of which he has been running for not one but 11 years which has gone on to achieve a uh, an award for volunteers tearing because mashallah he's received the queen's golden jubilee award by uh for outstanding voluntary service by groups in the community mashallah who am i talking about it's no other than the founder and director anwar kasim of the islamic arts and heritage and culture um organization assalamu alaikum brother anwar Welcome, Salam, uh, Shamitha. First of all, Ramadan Karim to all of you, uh, all your viewers as well. And thank you very much for your kind introduction. Always, brother. Um, you do wonderful work, and mashallah, it should be noted and celebrated. I know you're a humble soul, um, and this is not your style, but alhamdulillah, you know, the work that you've been doing. 11 years, the festival has been running for 11 years. So congratulations on that. Now, what Thank can you. we what can we expect at the festival, brother? Well, you know, Ramadan is a very spiritual month. You know, like Muharram is one year to another, and many celebrate it. I personally look from uh, hearing from your radio show and previous uh, 
people who have taken part, Ramadan to Ramadan, where we are and what we've achieved. And uh, you've done excellent, you know, signposting us all your views or your guests are in the right direction this year. Note that it's exciting new program. We've got uh, some well artists coming from Saudi Arabia and they're doing installation. Mm-hmm. We've got two installation making verses of Quran alive. Oh wow! One it is yes. One is called Geographical Child's Play. Subhanallah, uh, you know, we shouldn't forget young people. We shouldn't. Ramadan is about community. Mm-hmm. And here it is, we've created a child's play installation. The other one is called Inevitable Fringe. And it is about communities coming together through creativity and connection. Mm-hmm. And our theme for this year has been creativity and connections. And looking through that, what is it that we link creativity uh, through diverse community within the Muslim society, not Milton Keynes, Buckinghamshire, Bedfordshire, mm-hmm. uh, great people in, in Luton that I have relationships, uh, uh, and your radio station itself. And it is about the one thing, it is us as a community. You know, we go through a lot of challenges, and this installation reflected to the verse of Quran, it is very stimulating. And this Saudi artists who are, have flown, uh, they are in the UK producing this, and we are the first place to launch. And then from there, it will be at British Museum. Wow, uh, from the festival jumped. to the British Museum. British Museum. What a jump! It, it is, and uh, the Ramadan, what teaches us? Salah. Mm-hmm. And it is about 11 years of patience. Just, you know, educating our society, not Muslim, but non-Muslim, about the beauty that has in Islam, particular Islamic arts, heritage, and culture. It is our DNA, and we need to celebrate more of it, particularly as we go through Brexit. Mashallah. So you you are really not just thinking about the now, but you're also thinking about the future, Mashallah, through this creativity. Now, what always stands out to me, Brother Anwar, is the fact that, you know what, the people that you get involved and engaged, there are artists I've never heard of, and I always find out about them coming through your projects. Where do you get the time and energy, and how do you find out about this creativity? Because it never stops. Every year it's always unique. It, it is, and that's what... Because... You know, you may call it passion or drive, but it is one thing that I've learned that, you know, there are great things, spirituality, in our our faith. And we sometimes, and it's nobody's fault, we miss track mm-hmm. of what we are about. And and looking back of great uh, hadiths, and one of them captures me a lot, and it was um, Peter Sanders, he and... and uh, uh, Humera Khan, who've been on your show, mm-hmm. and for, uh, they themselves have been the backbone of this organization mm-hmm. and guiding me in many, and said, look at one hadith, says, Allah loves beauty and everything. In Jamal, Just translate this in your work, in artistically creativity, because that's Allah's names are all beautiful. And that drives me like mad. Wow. And it hasn't stopped you at all, mashallah, so much so that you've been no. recognised, not just locally in your town of Milton Keynes, but nationally as well, um, winning the Queen's Golden Jubilee Award and also an it's, MBE. What has life been like since, Brother Anwar? Well, 
Alhamdulillah, all I can I say, but may I just say the Queen's Award is a reflective of all the volunteers, mm-hmm. Muslims and non-Muslims, have been taking part in this festival. And they get opportunity that uh, to learn about us as a community, mm-hmm. but they're also learning work replacement mm. through this festival. So we're putting something back into the community. We're putting back into education. And this is the key thing, isn't it? It's about creating legacy. It's about regenerating and providing opportunities for our community. Volunteering, how important is it for organizations like yourself to provide platforms for volunteering? It it is, Shamir, it is so, so big uh, because, you know, when we do iftar, we volunteers. Mm -hmm. When people are dying, we volunteers to carry the janazah, you know, for the mahroom. When, you know, people are ill, we volunteer to produce, create some little food and dish to help the neighbors. It is part of our DNA, but it's just um, theology, the way it's represented or it's translated, demonstrated by our imams and, and, and uh, sheikhs. Sometimes they forget living in UK, in Britain, it needs to have another aspect to it so people can buy into it. Mm-hmm. Education, schools, then buy into it. It's huge, huge important uh, about, the, about volunteering. The festival wouldn't have survived without volunteers for many, many years. And as I'm a governor in school, two schools like yourself, you know, it is the youth, they're looking for such opportunity mm-hmm. to get to learn about diversity and culture. And we play a huge role uh, in Milton Keynes, but also having a relationship with our neighboring towns and city like yourself, mm. Luton and, and, and Bedford, Birmingham. So giving opportunity, they're learning skills. And it also helps mental health and many aspects that many young people are going through at this present time. And it's extremely important that these platforms are made available it, because there is an increase of mental health, unfortunately, across, it's cross-generational. So how can people get in contact with your brother Anwar? How can volunteer? Are you well, looking for volunteers? Yes, we are looking for it. There, uh, we have a training scheme. They will be trained. And if they're coming from uh, Luton, we, we are quite happy to, if they have financial problem, we'll, we'll compensate the bus travel or the uh, petrol for them. It is They just have to go to our website. There's the details there, email address, all there, and get involved. Our the website is www.mkic.org. And, you know, you've got a lot of information there. Fantastic. And you celebrated your 10th anniversary um, last year. What was that feeling like? Did you ever expect to have 10 years of this work continuing? No. And the thing was, the cementing of the festival was the Queen's representatives were there uh, incognito. and, And I was rushed in a corner and said there is uh, within half an hour so they are here and they will uh, they want to see you of course I, I was uh, unprepared uh, I didn't have a suit I was just very very casual and he was dressed uh, Lord Lieutenant appeared with the, a letter from the Queen and, and saying that it was a double whammy. But this was shared by all the audiences and the volunteers oh, wow. together. And we are the only art, BME art organization in the United Kingdom who have received that uh, award and recognition of quality. 
Wow. And you say quality. And that is definitely something that you will definitely find at the Milton Keynes Art in the Park Eid Festival, which is by Willen Lake. It's definitely full of quality, full of passion and community engagement. It's so wonderful to see how diverse this event is um very very open to across all communities not just milton Keynes, but the wider counties as well now brother and what tell us where is the location you tell me yourself well the location if you're coming from m1 uh and if you're traveling as you enter junction 14 basically it's only 15 minute car drive uh, on Charles Way, and as you enter Milton Keynes, Willen Lake is on your right hand side. It's, it's beautiful. A beautiful area. It is beautiful, and uh, uh, there is uh, last year's video available on our website, and you can have a look at it. We have a great parade arranged mm-hmm. for our audiences. Uh, is participated by disabled people, by various community, from the Sikh community. And also this year we are reflecting digitally. We've got mm. robots taking part in the parade. <laughs> you're really, you're really going, you going with the times, aren't you? We've got robots. I, I, it is, it is. And, and I'll tell you uh, uh, who inspired me about this. Will Smith's iRobot movie. <laughs> <laughs> he inspired me, and and it scares me positively. But uh-huh. often, uh, it, it, look, creativity and, and connection. The hospital use digital work, mm. so there is a lot of digital work. Uh, this year's festival that people will experience via VR exhibition. Wow, and it's always and, it always is an experience going to this festival. Now, I want to ask you, um, when is this? When are the dates for this festival? It is, uh, thank you. It's Saturday the 29th of June okay. and Sunday 30th of June. Saturday is 1 till 8. Mm-hmm. Why? Because after 6 o'clock we've got a concert. Oh. We have created a multicultural youth orchestra with a choir fusion of a Syrian community. Wonderful. So the Syrian community are given a platform to to showcase at this event. Now, what's really interesting about your festival is the fact is it never clashes with any other Eid festival because you take you take it um, not on when Eid is slightly down um, the calendar. Is that done deliberately so that gives people an opportunity to experience their own festivals in their own communities? Well, it it is in one sense it is true, and the other thing is what. Uh, the feedback I've received in Milton Keynes and from our audience survey, which we have to do, and it is uh, supported by some element uh, internationally uh, through Art Council, and mm-hmm. they want evaluation strong. And yes. what we've learned, it is that uh, after Ramadan, everyone is tired. Mm. People are exhausted. They need break. They need to recoup. And also, I respect other festivals. So I get in touch with them, have a conversation, and ask them, then, would you share your date so we don't conflict, but we mm. complement each other? Yeah. And it is of that respect that I held with everyone who have festival around the corner. So our audiences, people generally who can taste different variety, mm. quality, and, and many aspects of different flavors mm-hmm. in festival because it reflects their personalities and uh, the aims and objectives of various organizations.
Now, I like the way that you've mentioned it reflects their personalities. And there's loads of personality going on at your festival, mashallah. Now, um, one thing I need to ask you. We are at uh, Inspire FM. There's going to be an Inspire FM Eid Festival. The key thing for us is affordability. Is your festival as affordable? It is. A, number one, it is uh, what we call a free entry. Okay. Number one. And all these stall holders and, and everything, uh, you know, they don't get charged. People are, who are musicians on the stage, everything. But we're mindful that, you know, each family has two children, three children. And what we've done this year, we've got great art workshops. We are, we've got a great person from your a lovely city, Abu uh, Abu Yahya, he's coming to perform. Wonderful. Uh, uh, the art calligraphy and mm-hmm. and many aspects. And there is a Iranian artist. There's a Turkish artist, and all the people who attend, they just have to uh, purchase a two-pound art band, and they can have uh, all the experience of various art workshop. Fantastic! So it, That's a brilliant yeah, initiative. It is. So a child can just pay £2 art band and he has a choice of any time during the festival to go and test and collect a quality art piece mm-hmm. at various location. So the parents are not out of the pocket. They can enjoy themselves and it's not a pressure on them. Now, one thing that's always stood out from your festival is this this. Um, passion but also inclusivity now you've always made sure that the disabled community is greatly involved and also the refugee community and the homeless community now tell us what are you how are you catering for these communities this year well, uh, first of all, n- number one, all the programs are reflected mm-hmm. if they're able to attend participatory programs. We always are checking how would it affect if somebody was disabled. Due, due to my own condition, arthritis, and I have a, a disability with that, I put myself first in there. Mm-hmm. Am I able to hold things? For example, my wife bends me to come to the kitchen. And why? Because when I do the washer. I break plates. Oh dear! Because I can't, I can't hold it. Okay. So you know, I'm bent off doing washing up. So things like this, uh, people are holding uh, pens, pencil, or VR uh, equipment this year. You know, when to make sure that if I can't find, if I'm finding difficulty, I'm sure other people are. Mm. So there are also national disabled bodies who are part of our advisory board. So we engage with them, but also locally, there are community groups, voluntary disabled groups. We engage with them and and, and ask them, and they're very much involved in guiding us, planning this festival so it's user-friendly for everyone. Fantastic. And I like that word, user-friendly. That's what we want to make it, because that's how you become more inclusive and cohesive as a society that is, mashallah, growing um, with so, uh, uh, and is so diverse. Now, on today's show, we're also asking our listeners, as well as our guests, uh, Brother Anwar, about their favourite yeah. word. Do you have a favourite word that you use often or something that you've made up or a word that kind of irritates maybe your wife because you say it too often? <laughs> oh, dear. Shamas, you need to have to punch somebody beneath the belt. <laughs> um, a favourite word. 
I, you know, it depends on the conversation uh, that you're having on the occasion, and does it have to be an Islamic one, or, or I, 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 I personally feel that to have a meaningful word, uh, somebody that was caring. A word caring and passionate needs to be demonstrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you would what, you, the word passion? I think passion is passion a word, word that you use a lot. So I've heard you use that it quite is. a lot. So that Yeah, passion. That clearly it, demonstrates you. Passion creates hope. Mm-hmm. When you create hope, you give an opportunity for a person to be valued. And this reflects very much in the program that we started last year, Spoken Word and, and Cafe Night, with a great young lady, uh, Rukaya, mm-hmm. and many other people have been through this uh, Cafe Night. And, and they see that if without passion and hope, you know, your your people are not valued. People mm-hmm. don't see that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So everyone have to, you know, it's not that you are born with passion. Passion comes through that something you enjoy, something that you you feel it personally, and you believe in something strongly, and that's where passion comes out of it. Mashallah. Now, passion also comes out in across Ramadan where we are really taking note of being mindful and and spiritually sure. but also our actions as well so what have your ramadan goals been uh, brother anwar well you know it's always hard to pinpoint a particular goal but i would say uh, sharing with beauty mm-hmm. whatever you share it share it in in a, in a humanity with with, with beauty with a smile, no matter how much the adversity falls upon you, because these are testing time, you'll overcome them. The rewards are 10 times more. MashaAllah. Beautiful wisdom there. Now, folks, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Urban Cube with me, Shamiza. It is 11.23, Monday 20th of May, and I'm joined by the founder and director of the multi-award winning um, Islamic Arts and Heritage and Culture um, organization based in Milton Keynes. It's called MKayak, and uh, Anwar Qasim is um, my guest on the show this morning over the phone and he's been talking to us about a, a, a fantastic festival that he's been doing for the last 11 years and he's inviting listeners across Luton, Peterborough and Sheffield this morning to make their way to Milton Keynes on the 29th and 30th of June to attend this really fantastic entertaining and inspiring event that has been noted by not just the local community but also the Queen as well as he's received the Queen's Jubilee Award uh, for Outstanding Voluntary Service in the community, mashallah, and an MBE for the amazing work he has done. Now, this event is is promising some really exciting artists all the way from Saudi Arabia, where they're going Correct. to be showca- showcasing their work, but also this work that's going to be showcased exclusively at the festival will then go all the way to the British Museum. How awesome Absolutely. is that? How fantastic. Um, Brother Anwar, we are heading off to the break. How can people get in contact with you regarding this festival? 
please uh, logging at our Facebook. We've got MKISC Facebook. It's an open page, live message, and we have www.mkisc.org website. A lot of information, contact details. Uh, anytime, feel free. And my mobile phone is available over there, which is 0798-122-3541. I'll always make a time to hear people's voice. MashaAllah. And that's a wonderful thing to end this conversation with, hearing, taking time to speak to people and listening to them. Thank you so very much, brother. And it's been an absolute pleasure listening to you this morning. Thank you. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. Very welcome. Ramadan Mubarak, brother. That was the very fantastic Anwar. And I'm heading off to a break. After the break, we're going to be getting some live poetry. Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Catch a creative vibe on the Urban Cube with Sister Shamiza. Good morning, good morning, and good morning. Assalamu alaikum. Yes, I always say that three times. That's just to wake me up. <laughs> wake me up. I hope it's woken you up as well. Mashallah. It is uh, 11.30, Monday, 20th of May, and you're listening to me, Shamiza, taking it all the way in the final half an hour of the Urban Cube show. It's gone by so quickly. I've had the pleasure of not one, but uh, three guests, four guests, I think, this morning, um, talking to us about the amazing projects that they're involved in making us more ethical more mindful more engaged with our communities Um, and the conversations does not stop there I have the absolute pleasure of speaking to another remarkable guest on the phone this morning who's going to be performing live poetry on the show inshallah Um, so I'm really really looking forward to that now the show you're listening to is the Urban Cube we are on Facebook live however because the guests are all over the phone this morning we've just got the banner up but do feel free to join in with any of the conversations by adding comments on the um, the uh, comments section. On today's show, we are asking you, what's your favourite word, people? What word do you continuously use that um, you don't realise you're doing or you've actually made up yourself? We've been told by our guests this morning that mindful, um, no, mad and wicked was Sarah's favourite word. Opulent was um, guest... Um, Lily Khan's favourite word, passion and hope was, uh, hopeful was Brother Anwar's favourite word. Brother Tarek was using free, he was continuously using the free word, and maybe because we've got an Inspire FM free festival, well it's not actually fully free, but lots of activities are free, one pound per ride. It's the Eid Festival organised by Inspire FM. I absolutely love the advert. It's absolutely fantabulous. There you have it. That's my favourite word. Fantabulous and sparkly. I use it all the time. Um, We're also asking our guests their Ramadan goals as well um, this morning. Feel free to tell me what your Ramadan goal has been uh, so far. Sister Sarah 
um, Mohammed from the Rabani project talked about mindfulness is her Ramadan goal. Um, and I will continue asking this question across Ramadan. Um, it is the third Monday of Ramadan, mashallah, that I've, I'm having the pleasure of uh, presenting these special shows with you. And uh, may I continue to do so. So, folks, back to the show. You're listening to The Urban Cube. It's repeated 8 p.m. this evening. So if you've missed any of the conversations, then don't worry, you can still catch up. We're also iTunes and Spotify, and we're also Facebook Live this morning too as well. Now, um, another fantastic guest who doesn't shy away from words. She is a lyricist, spoken word artist, who I'm having the great pleasure of uh, joining me this morning over the phone. She is um, an extraordinarily talented young lady who is not just somebody who's passionate about passionate about social political issues, but she uses those as a uh, platform to to engage with her passion for spoken poetry. She's not just a live spoken word performer, but she's also a academic studying a PhD. She's also written a book called Mestopotamian. I can't even say that word. She's going to have to help me. <laughs> Maverick. Let me try that again. Mespotamian Maverick. That's a new word in my repertoire of words. So I'm going to really look forward to asking what that is. Um, her name is Eleanor Kafritaka Karimi. I've got a surname wrong as well goodness me, what am I doing this morning? And she is um, a spoken word poet that is joining me this morning. She has a stage name, which she's going to tell us herself. I have the absolute pleasure of inviting Eleanor on the Urban Cube this morning. Assalamu alaikum, Eleanor. Alaikum salam. It's lovely to hear from you. It's an absolute pleasure having you joining me this morning. Can I apologise? I know we're talking about favourite words. I've learned a new word from reading your bio. How do I say the title of your book? Well, first of all, I have to say, you know, you did an amazing job trying to say my surname because nobody can, not even my own family. So I really... <laughs> all the credit oh goodness me you're too kind you know what you're you're so sparkly and too kind for me this morning thank you for saving me but this is my thing you see i i will openly admit there are words i cannot pronounce i try my very very best so listeners who are familiar with the show will know my weakness but my darling i'm going to ask you tell me how to pronounce your name correctly your surname yeah so it's Eleanor Kafita Karimi, so you're not far off at all, honestly. <laughs> Kafita Karimi, Kafita Karimi, beautiful name. Now, I've, is there a bit of Syrian Persian in there somewhere? Yes, yes, yes. I'm half, I'm half um, Iranian, I'm half Syrian, so the Syrian side comes from my dad. And I blame him for the surname, to be honest with you. <laughs> bless you, bless you. What's the most unusual pronunciation of your surname? What have you heard um, it pronounced as? Well, to be honest, that's why I keep saying I give a lot of credit to you because a lot of people say Kefir and then they just mumble the rest and I'm just like, <laughs> okay, that's absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh bless you bless you but you don't use this surname as your stage name um and tell us your stage yeah. name as a performer yeah so much easier sister l's um and my handle on instagram is sister l syria so it's 
much more easier. <laughs> so much more easier. But um, mashallah. But you're no, you are no ordinary sister Els. You are an academic, an extraordinary academic. Mashallah, doing a PhD in the department of psychology because I did a bit of research, um, <laughs> and and also an author with a extraordinary title you're gonna to have to help me there as well how do i pronounce yeah. that word <laughs> the side note is mesopotamian maverick so um the origin comes obviously from mesopotamia yes. and um, maverick obviously meaning rebel so mm. it's kind of like you know i'm a Mes- mesopotamian rebel <laughs> in a nutshell my darling now this has history associated with it because mesopotamia i can't even say it mesopotamia <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get Mesopotamian. <laughs> yeah, that word um, yeah. has a Middle Eastern connection? Absolutely, yeah. It, it dates back to um, kind of our origins and when we were all united as one Ummah, you know, mm-hmm. and we were known as uh, Mesopotamia. So, um, absolutely right. It's got a lot of um, history and um, I talk a lot about uh, the politics, but I try and um, kind of make the information concise and in a way that can to the youth as well yes. so i want it to be relatable yeah and relatability is a very important thing at the moment because when we think of academics we think of like you know language that just goes over i had the theories and the sure. formulas and the ideas cool. however but you're somebody that is very young and vi- vibrant you seem too young to be doing a phd mashallah um but oh, you um you're very youthful in your energy but you have a language that really does connect and your writing is a celebration of your history, but also um, it's taking control of the narrative, which is socially and political. Um, am I correct in saying that? Absolutely, yes. Um, I, I think that there's a, there's a lot of amazing people out there who are um, doing things you know that I I've been doing for the last five six years and I'm really proud of them but I just think that you know especially being a female um, kind of Muslim in, in the community uh, obviously I see there's a lot of rising um, talented stars but mm. um, I think we need kind of more uh, women involved in this campaign and uh, talking about it because I, I feel that you know women have a lot to say as well and I just think it's very important to be relatable and reach out to the youth because I believe that, you know, with this um, age of new technology, I mm. think a lot of people are kind of drowning in uh, social media and mm-hmm. the likes and things like that. So it's just reminding them that, you know, you do have a voice and, you know, you are important. You don't need likes to be kind of um, noticed. And this is the thing, it's just, it's down to a like that kind of measures somebody's value. And that measure, if if they don't receive the like, really does impact their self-confidence, which is really quite concerning. But in your trying to kind of turn that around, mashallah, in the work that you're doing. um, And how has that journey been in the last five years, being a female um, lyricist, spoken word artist? Um, to be honest with you, uh, it's it's been a very hard journey because uh, obviously it, it was a very male-dominated mm. um, field when I uh, kind of started off. And uh, poetical word is kind of like the child of rap mm. and um, poetry. So uh, obviously it, it's a new field and, you know, a lot of people, they don't take you seriously. Um, and I, I've been for my fair share of, you know, being made fun of and not being listened to. But I really feel like if anyone is pursuing it, that they shouldn't stop. They have mm. a voice and they should continue to speak about these things because it, it's important. And a lot of people think that, you know, what 
punk thing to do. What's that? Mm. It's, it's about raising awareness. It's, mm. it's a um, new way of kind of getting information out to the public but of course. that can allow people to engage with you. Yeah, And it is it's the, the art of words, storytelling, is part of our history. And Ramadan Absolutely. is the perfect example of that when the Quran was delivered to the Prophet Muhammad, the verses yeah, Allah, and those Allah. verses, yeah. mashallah, have been um, embodied on people's hearts by yeah. revising and memorizing the verses Absolutely. and handing those verses through generation to generation so concisely. So the power of words is nothing new to um, the Muslim community and it should be embraced because it's the most powerful tool. But you're the expert because Marshall are not just <laughs> performing on these amazing platforms. You're also taking your words into academic studies as a PhD student. Yeah. Tell us yeah, more I'm... about that. What, what 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 made you want to do that? Because I also need to point out to folks, she um, her BA and her MSc, I think it was, you gained first honours in. So you're a smart cookie. <laughs> well, when people actually meet me, they tell that, but <laughs> I'm really honoured that you think that way. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a journey, to be honest with you, because my PhD is focusing on kind of mental health, schizophrenia, mm. like the, the wow. neuroscience behind it. Yeah. But it, it also, it, you have to know about the history, you know, um, about... You know, stuff for a lot. Like a lot of people thought that Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam was a madman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it it just triggered me to think that you know, there's more to this. There's, mm-hmm. there's a reason why um, you know certain people are blessed with these type of these. And the reason I say blessed is like if we take Muhammad Ali, um, the boxer, mm-hmm. he never ever in his interviews saw himself as somebody who's ill or mentally ill or right. um, anything was wrong with him. He said it was a blessing rather than a curse. So I'm I'm trying to take the stigma away from, um, you know, this label of schizophrenia because there's so many levels to it. Okay. And, uh, I mean, schizophrenia does seem to be the the hardest level of mental health, which is really is stigmatized and very uh, and people fear of it. There's a fear element surrounding it because um yeah. um wow so the fact that you're actually exploring this area um is really quite intriguing now um are you in your first year of studies um yes technically i am uh, i had to take a year out mm-hmm. due to um you know working and just focusing on the book and things like that mm-hmm. but uh yeah i'm in my first year <laughs> and how have you been able to manage uh, student life being an author an academic and a performer oh you, you need to buy a really good diary for that because <laughs> it's really it's, it's really difficult uh you know and it's quite spontaneous when uh, you know certain charities they want you to speak mm. and it's, it's an honor honestly but at the same time um i i have a bad habit of not being able to say no so Ooh. it kind of does pile up yeah <laughs> yeah and i think that's a skill we all need to have because i think it's your own mental health you need to kind of look after too Absolutely. um even though you sound like somebody that is willing to give 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 but you know what sometimes you need to Absolutely. step back so what advice would you give to somebody listening in who is very similar to yourself is constantly wanting to give more than they can 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, from my years of experience, I've just learned always um, prioritize what is most important in your life mm -hmm. and uh, what's going to give you um, that happiness. You yeah. know, at the end of the day, all these material things, you know, we're not going to take it to the grave. So the main thing is that we have to live with our own own soul and own conscience, and mm -hmm. that's why I started to do um, the poetry because it, uh, you know, it. I don't just talk about political situations, I talk about the struggle of staying on the dean as well. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, there's a lot of success stories and it's beautiful to hear, but we need more stories of people who are actually Muslim or they've converted, but they're still struggling, mm -hmm. you know, because we are human at the end of the day. So we do struggle. We are human. We are not angels. And... Um, yeah. This is where I think I have admiration for your work because there's a rawness and a realness and there's an honest integrity in the way you deliver what you're saying because it's coming from your heart, it's coming from your experience. And Absolutely. we, many of us do struggle and we strive, we try and strive for perfection, but it's just not going to happen. So it's good no. to hear that there is people who are willing to be open to say what their struggles are. And it's so relatable. You don't understand, Elena, um, it's so relatable. But uh, mashallah, You've mentioned that um, your work isn't just social, political, but it's also faith-driven as well. And that's where I have great pleasure of inviting you on the show to share with us one of your spoken word pieces. Um, and we look forward to hearing it right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just a little bit of background. Mm -hmm. This um, poem is called Demons, and by no means is it satanic. It's just uh, talking about our own personal demons. So I'll just go ahead. <clears throat> By the moon split in two, my pen as my sword and guide me to the truth. Innocent youths are locked up in demonic booths. My ink as my sword, I hope it reaches the mental ward. Why? Because they're the closest to the Lord. This is not for the pious or Islam's highest. It's for the lowly slaves led astray, fighting your demons every day. And in my mouth, there I shout, my mind is plagued in doubt. Walk in a fine line where gins and demons will catch you out. Brother, I know your struggle confined in four walls and it wasn't even your fault. Protecting your deem is unheard of, it's unseen. One single ray, one beam shoots through the eroded gel bars, struck the chambers of your heart and it hopes it brings you back to the most clean. Every night the trauma comes alive, you jolt with bolts of lightning, never powerful enough to electrocute your enemies, seems like it's satisfying these demonic entities. By day you have no burdens, you're almost carefree. By night you prepare your armor and weapons for Armageddon free. So don't look at me so shocked, because I never spent a night bound and locked. I have a heart unlocked and I feel your pain. My arms are my mother's grave. Her last look into my eyes were like shockwaves. It's not if you're not careful, you'll destroy everything, getting rid of the pain. This is why my life is in disdain. I spent all my nights engaged in fights, and I couldn't even bow my head to the Lord, till life tied and bowed me to the floor. So I called to my Lord, I have nothing. And he responded, don't you see? The best place to be is on your knees. My name is your sword. Utter verily there is one Lord, and I'll be there before the demons knock at your door. How could you not adore and be in awe of a maker so merciful, purposeful? I invite my jinns and demons to battle, burn my flesh and my soul is free. It belongs to the Almighty, it's almost decreed. You'll never have ownership of something that doesn't even belong to me. So with your head high, these scars, whether internal or external, are proof of the battles that you face for your Lord. Thank you. <laughs> Mashallah. Um, that was a performance by Sister Els Syria performing Demons exclusively on the Urban Cube this morning. Um, I'm lost for words. That was utterly beautiful. I closed my eyes and I listened to you and I got very emotional and I had goosebumps. Oh. 
Oh, thank you. Honestly, it's a blessing to hear that. Oh, no, and I'm sure our listeners can really resonate, and because it is a battle of wits. It's a battle of wits, alhamdulillah, and we as Muslims do are learning continuously about our faith and about our consciousness and our spirituality. And and, um, may you remain blessed with this gift that you have of words and wisdom. Folks, you've listened, you're listening in. It's uh, The Urban Q with me, Shamiza, taking all the way to 12 o'clock. The time is 11.48. I am joined by a very talented academic author and spoken word performer, a poet, passionate about social and political issues, but also uses her faith as the basis of her writing as well. It is no other than the very remarkable Eleanor Kafritikarimi, known as Sister Els Syria on the show this morning. Thank you so very much for joining me, um, Eleanor. I'm so humbled by that beautiful piece. And that's not the only piece that you're going to be performing for us this morning. You have another one. Um, Could I be gracious enough to ask you to perform that as well? Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Um, so it's called Unholy Fights on Holy Nights. And these are uh, for Ramadan. I've written them exclusively. MashaAllah. So, uh, thank you. Have you ever inhaled a chemical breeze, breaking fast, trying to breathe, neurological damage to the myelin chief? Cassirian hands are shaken as they try to eat. Multiple sclerosis, a gift from the elite. So who am I to preach? My unholy flaws are breaking holy laws, worrying about satanic tirades, breaking down Palestine's doors. I never knew what Etana Sirat al-Mustafim was, was the finish line testing our deen, overlooked by demonic entities unseen. If you don't believe me, enter the light and you will see. Those closest to you planning murder of the third degree. I want to talk to the heartbroken amputee. His face dissolved in the Dead Sea. As his little brother struggled to breathe, an instant funeral between waves and the great beneath. I hope you know that murder is the greatest breach. But these swine find their names like sand in the beach, the same sand that welcome home lifeless bodies deceased. But who am I in this universe with all this dimensionality, seeking truth throughout multiple realities? Oh, Lord, save me from my insanity out of all the things I've lost that miss my mind the most. This little parasite now a host, infiltrating my heart. Now I'm in parts and pieces, trying to swim back to the start, desperately searching for your star. Though I patiently waited bedside for the death of today, and now I'm caught in an unholy fight on these holy nights. My political facade and my religious mirage, how can I fight for the right of a nation when I can't bow my head to the master of creation? I sentenced my broken heart to eternal damnation, because nothing fires in these barren ventricles. I tried to strip love back to its biochemical, telling myself I have imbalanced chemicals. I thought you promised me your soul. Instead, I try and fill this gaping hole. Yeah, that was that poem. <laughs> you know, what astounds me is you give this lovely little giggle at the end of it. I'm like, and it's so <laughs> unexpected because I'm like, whoa. And then she gives me this little giggle. Like, it's, it's okay. It's okay, Shemiza. It's all right. Yes. I think that's why I do it because I, it's, it's so emotional for some people. And I'm like, no, it's really okay. It's, honestly, it will be fine, inshallah. <laughs> inshallah. And this is a dua that I hope our listeners... Um, Muslims, non-Muslims, everybody tuning in, that there is peace. There's peace and tranquility for our brothers and sisters um, in the lands of Palestine and Syria. Uh, Rohingya and just all over the world, really, the atrocities that they're facing. May Allah be merciful. 
Wow. Um, Subhanallah, that was another dynamic, dynamic poem um, performed by no other than Sister L. Syria. You can catch her on Instagram. Um, I'm super delighted that Salam Charity introduced me to your phenomenal talent. Um, and uh, tell me how you're kind of you, you've got involved with this charity because they too are um, doing events like Open Iftar. Come dine with me, Open Iftar events yeah. across the country to kind with uh, social influencers to kind of raise awareness of the plight of the Palestinian and Syrian refugees um, across Ramadan. Yeah, it's, it's actually beautiful what they're doing. I'm going to be very honest. I'm very, very new um, to uh, the charity, but from everything that I've seen and the event that come uh, iftar with me, um, it was such a beautiful, unifying um thing where you know all these bloggers came together and we prepared food and um we were doing i think we, they're using social media to um for good you know mm-hmm. what i mean and so it's it's like they're trying to reach out to more and more people um so i'm i'm really proud to be a part of it uh so far but i am very new so i, I don't want to um t- talk about something that i haven't done yet but I, as far as i'm concerned there's more events with um insta lives and um they're, they're doing a lot behind the scenes they really are they're working so hard Mashallah. So really you know the fact that you're doing your phd research on social media and mental health Mashallah, and the fact that you're talking about social media doing good through this work is is uh, just says quite a lot and it's it's wonderful now um folks if you're listening in it's the urban cube it is the final few minutes of the show and i'm joined by no other than sister els syria who is a very it's a name you need to keep an ear and eye out for she is definitely going to be somebody who's going to be making her mark in the spoken word scene. I think she already has. Marshall, listening into two fantastic pieces performed on the show. I'm really humbled by both of them. Um, Eleanor, how can people get in touch with you? So, um, I would say Instagram is the best way. Um, I would love to give my email address, but it's so long. It's actually longer than my surname. So, <laughs> let's just leave I'll, it I'll there. For another day. Yeah. So, your Instagram handle because there's lots of underscores. Sure, yeah, it's uh, so S I S T A underscore E L Z underscore Syria. Mashallah, mashallah. Now, today we're asking everybody what's their favorite word. Is there a favorite word? I mean, it seems uh, quite extraordinary asking somebody so <laughs> articulate <laughs> in words. Uh, do you well, have a favorite word? Well, you're going to be shocked by the answer. Um, I'm always confused as to what's going on. So I'm like, what's going on? I think it's more (laughs) than a word. Oh, I don't understand. But apparently, according to my auntie, it's actually. So I don't know why I keep using that, but I always use actually. Actually. Now, actually, it's been an absolute pleasure having you joining (laughs) us on the show this morning. Um, Eleanor, thank you so very much. Keep doing what you're doing. It's utterly phenomenal um, and and raising awareness through your words, mashallah. Have a beautiful Ramadan um, and uh, and is there anything you'd like to say to our listeners? We're heading off, we've got 24 seconds regarding Ramadan. Yes, um, I'm, it's honoured to be on the show and um, don't give up your dreams and inshallah Ramadan will be much more easier in these last few days and weeks, inshallah. Inshallah. Thank you, my dear. Thank you for joining us. Assalamu alaikum. Take care. Bye bye. Oh, the wonderful, wonderful Eleanor. We're heading off to the uh, the end of the show. Assalamu alaikum. Catch us at repeat eight pm and join me next week. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.